You're listening to the TV Obsessive channel, presented by tvobsessive.com. All right, welcome back to the TV Obsessive podcast. We're here today for episode 25. As always, I'm Cameron Crane, the executive editor of tvobsessive.com, and uh, joined here by Ryan Kirksey, writer and contributor for the site. How are you doing today, Ryan? Doing really well today. It is finally December. Um, getting really hyped up about talking about this episode in particular of, of Fargo. I am curious, based on our one of our characters from this show, would you rather be electrocuted or shoved off a shoved off a roof? What do you prefer? Why not both? Both? Yeah, sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll he get did to it. it to himself a little bit. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so yeah, it's Ryan's alluding to picking up our coverage of Fargo. It's season five, episode four. Uh, we're doing this really right after the show airs, uh, so do be aware of that. Um, we'll get to spoilers uh, in the latter half of the podcast. No, you're safe so far. Um, at first, as always, we're going to talk a bit about what we've seen in the news this week, what we've been watching, that sort of thing, and then we'll give another spoiler warning before really get into Fargo. So yeah, as you mentioned, it's December. It's December 5th even already, somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, what caught your eye this week? Well, a lot of stuff came out this week. You know, we, we, we went through these couple of months with not much news at all. Now we're getting trailer after trailer after trailer after trailer. Um, True Detective, House of the Dragon, The Boys, Halo, Crown, Fallout, more shows. Just all sorts of stuff coming in the spring that we're getting uh, previews for. Uh, any of those in particular catch your eye? I thought the True Detective trailer looked really incredible. Very yeah. excited for that show. I mean, very much the like let's partner up the sort of two two characters with conflict forced to sort of solve this this thing. And that one looked especially good. Yeah, I'm there for True Detective. I like True Detective. I, I thought season three was great. Yep. Yeah. I would love to be one of these people who really defends season two, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm I'd not like me. to be. That, that says something about me, I think. Like, I'd like to be yeah. one of these people who's like, no, it's actually great. But it was, it wasn't bad. It just, I think, you know, coming off the heels of season one, it was so different. Um, but I really enjoyed yeah. season three. And uh, I think that's part of it. I think compared when it was only those two to compare it to, you had this masterpiece in season one, then season three, particularly the acting in season three, just exceptional. And so that, that second season just pales in comparison. But yeah, this sort of. I think uh, it still kind of stands out. The tone's different. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's okay. But given that it's an anthology series and there's different characters. What makes it feel like the same show? I think that's the thing. Yeah. I don't think True Detective season two feels like the same show, really, as season one or season three. Like season three, I think, was course correcting a little bit on that because of the reaction. Yeah. Um, and so it's weird. Like maybe, maybe season two is, maybe I would have enjoyed it more if it had not been called True Detective. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Made the mental comparison to that to that season one. That's yeah. that, that's a good point. I just th- th- this this trailer for season four, which of course you can go find it anywhere and and watch it. What sort of borderline horror, almost borderline supernatural pieces of it, which looked very interesting. You know, obviously it yeah. takes place in this remote Alaska town where it's you know never daylight. 
Um, just just yeah. look exceptional. It's interesting because I was thinking about this. One of the things I've been watching and writing on week to week is a murder at the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And um why is it called that? Well, I don't I mean, I don't know if more will come out in the last couple episodes, but part of it is it's just like desolate Iceland. Yes. Yes. And 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 um, you know, so then seeing how okay, well, yeah, true detective night country is also playing with that kind of thing. Um, is there something to our zeitgeist ultimately to think about yes. here in terms of uh, you know, like it's on planet Earth, but out in the dark in the cold. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see the movie Insomnia with I think it was Al Pacino and Robin Williams. Yeah, absolutely. Sort of the reverse where I think in that movie it was sort of in a part of the world where or a, a time of the year in a part of the world where it's never dark. Right. Yeah. So it's sort of this also this creepy, eerie, just sort yeah. of same same kind of thing, right? Yeah. You get there, you know, as you get close to the Arctic Circle and so on that mm-hmm. um at one point a year basically hardly doesn't get light out at all. And then the other part of the year it doesn't get dark at all. Um I don't. I don't know which I would struggle with more. If I'm perfectly <laughs> honest, but, but yeah, yeah looks looks exceptional. Look, looks exceptional. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Jodie Foster. I'm there. House of the Dragon. Boom! Fire dragons. <laughs> Hooray! There's no, there's no more war bloody than one one with dragons. They they say so. Yeah, I, I will admit it. It kind of got my uh, hair sitting up my arm. It got me excited that 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 trailer did. Do you remember years ago when people gave um, uh, what's the name, Ian McShane? They gave him a bunch of grief because he was doing an interview about Game of Thrones and he described it as tits and dragons. Yes, <laughs> yes. Cards on the table. That's what I want the show to be. <laughs> I don't take yeah. it any more seriously than that at this point. I want I, I just give it give me the tits and dragons and, and I'm there for it. You're gonna get a whole lot of dragons in season two. I can almost guarantee you that. I don't know about the other part, but uh yeah. this, this is gonna be the dragon season. Yeah. It, was a little bit, it wasn't so much in season one. There was a lot of like <laughs> questionable little icky childbirth stuff. Right. You know, um a lot of uh what would Tyrion call it in, in Game of Thrones, a lot of Important people talking in rooms. That's that's what a lot of season one was. Yeah, which, which that's okay. I I will watch it. I'm just you know, not. I don't know. I'm, I'll probably never say it's good, but I, I will watch it. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully it's a good time. That's yeah, what I'm it'll, about. it'll be good. Not too familiar with some of the rest of these things, but they we're they're just now that they can, they're just these these streaming services and networks yeah. are just pumping out the trailers and the content now. I'm excited for Fallout. I mean, I, I don't have experience with playing the video game. I know that it's a really popular game. It's, it's yeah. really, something that's a really strong fan base. So, you know, that seems to speak for it. But then the cast, I think we've hit on this before. Yes. Like, you know, so it has Walton Goggins and Kyle McLaughlin and Ella Purnell. So, um, very, very I think she's like the main character. But so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Other and things. You, you noted about Foundation getting renewed. Yeah, so I saw that's one that's on my list to watch before it comes back. You should, I think. Um, you know, maybe it's a little bit slow in season one. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people think that. I don't know if I that. I, I, I think probably, there's multiple storylines. And um, one potential problem is you might be watching it and find that one of the main storylines is, like, not very good. Okay. Um, 
I, I, I think it's a little bit less uneven in season two. I thought season two was really just kind of like a fun ride um, throughout. And so, yeah, looking forward to see what they do in season three. Um, I was talking to Brian, who uh, has written on the show for the site. and He's imagining that they probably are going to want to shoot some stuff for season four at the same time because of what he knows mm. about what they're doing. So I don't know if they've also been renewed for season four or not um what i saw just said season three but yeah. it would make sense what he's saying like that there's going to be a storyline you know there's going to be the storyline that's going to bridge over season three and season four so it makes sense that they'd want to shoot some of this stuff um that, for, that would be for season four while they're doing season three yeah and this is an apple sci-fi show right so we've we've talked about this i uh now I just want them to give me some silo and severance updates. We need we need something from, <laughs> from, yeah. from soon. Yeah, there should be a, as I recall, both of those shows were filming. Yeah. Um, and then production got shut down um from the strikes. So given that, we might have to really pay close attention to get any news because yeah. Um, with Foundation, they're saying, hey, now you've been renewed for season three. That's true. But with like Silo, it's just a matter of filming's happening again. And I think the same thing with Severance. I think that they started filming and and um, got shut down. So whether that'll make a news article. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Well, something more to, to look forward to. Um, what about this uh, strategy we've been talking about in the past weeks? What about Murders in the Building coming to ABC? Did you see this? Uh, I did see something about this. Yeah, I mean, Season I guess one, and let people start fresh with it. it. It makes some sense, but on the other hand, nothing makes sense to me anymore. <laughs> uh, like it doesn't make sense to me that um, a murder at the end of the world is only on Hulu. Yeah, yeah. It's an F. It's an FX show. That so they it's FX on FX Hulu. Linear. Yeah, yeah. But like, why? Why aren't they putting it on the cable network? I, I don't feel like they've got too much stuff. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so, yeah. and then, then, yeah, then you're talking about the reverse move where Only Murders in the Building has been a Hulu only show, and they, you know, now they're going to put it on network. And I think that, like, uh, there have been a couple other things like this. Like, uh, I think they started airing Yellowstone on yes. uh, network. Yeah, that was TV. the big strike show. Yellowstone got a ton of viewership on CBS during the strike because there was nothing else going on. Yeah. I guess, again, it makes sense. Other than nothing makes sense because <laughs> it, it's it's like they don't really. I think this is the thing, right? I think they don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. When it comes to their strategy of what's only on streaming um, versus what's on network TV and streaming. Exactly. And exactly. yeah. And it's almost <laughs> like the, the, the streaming is the becomes the laboratory sometimes of oh this did well. This had viewers. Maybe now we can put it on our, our our regular network or cable channel and and people will watch it there too. Well, I've gotten the feeling that they want to put things on streaming only so that people have to sign up for the streaming service. Exactly. But then they're undermining their linear network by putting things only to streaming. Maybe it's just odd. And, and this is what I wonder what will happen. If there are people who watch Murders in the Building on abc right there'll be plenty of people that don't have hulu or only still you know use their network or basic cable they'll see this and they'll say 
oh, guess what? If you want two and three, come sign up for for Hulu, right? That that's I can anticipate that's coming. Well, I mean, that makes that 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 sounds smart to me though. Yeah. It's like we're only gonna have it on Hulu, <laughs> you know, like no one's ever seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, does it motivate people to to sign up for the the streaming service? You yeah. know, um, it's very weird. And then I encountered there was a show called The Lazarus Project on this summer, that was um, is a British show, and it got yeah. licensed to the U.S. only for TNT. And I kind of wanted to watch it, but it never showed up on any streaming service. It only aired on the TNT cable network. <laughs> <laughs> hope you had, hope you had your VCR running. So yeah, I, I did. I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't see it. Like they, I don't know. Maybe it'll show up on Hulu or something eventually. Yeah. But but it was really weird. Um, I thought that in 2023 yeah. it wasn't available streaming. Um, so yeah, odd stuff going on. Uh, what else have we got? They're going to make a Cruel Intention show. You yeah, man, this, 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 is, this is taking me back. This is taking me back to high school, man. Cruel, cruel intentions. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. Is it, is it, I didn't look at this on purpose. Is it <laughs> Ryan Phillippe and Sarah Michelle Geller? Are they all, all in this thing? Oh, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, it's an entirely new cast, and I don't remember the cast. I'll, I'll put the you know the little article I have in the um, in the show notes or whatever, and I think there's some cast. I, but in reading the cast, I personally maybe because I'm old or something, I was like I wasn't recognizing names. Yeah, exactly. And probably some of them were like young hot stars. <laughs> if it were me, I would do everything I could to get um that uh cast from the movie back for some cameos. Yeah, just 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 fuller house that thing, write them a blank check and and bring them back once every few episodes for some cameos. Or they're the parents now. I mean, that's the model, right? Yeah. You know, another thing that's odd to me, though, is Cruel Intentions is an adaptation of Dangerous Liaisons. Yes. But this TV show is an adaptation not of Dangerous Liaisons, but of Cruel Intentions. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) How is it? How is it not the... Okay, anyway. Make make it make sense. I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, here, here, here's one thing that does make sense. Yeah. Um, we we put a piece up on this on the site a few months ago about jury duty. Um, this is something that you know kind of a surprise hit in 2023. So now, again, without spoiling any of jury duty, if you have not seen it, go watch it. The unwitting star, unknowing star of jury duty, Ronald Gladden, has signed a deal with Amazon to be in a series of shows and projects for for them. Hard to talk about sort of what that means without getting into spoiler territory, but if there is a guy who deserves it, it's this guy. Oh, so it's the it's. I'm sorry, I still don't watch Jury Duty. Yeah, no, no, no. You know, I read your article on it. Oh, this actually sounds really cool. I still yeah, like you. Under, you understand the premise. It, so it I, is. Yeah. It's a Truman Show come to life. So it's, this, but the the guy. This isn't like the creator of Jury Duty. This is the guy who was in Jury Duty. This is the one person who did not understand that he was living. The Truman Show. Is, uh, Every person around him was an actor, and Ronald Gladden was the one who was sort of not in on it. And and he has now signed this multi-project, multi-series deal with him. Now they've given him that's that's kind of bizarre. Yeah, yeah. It's, but uh, he, he was. I mean, again, he was truly incredible. Not because of his performance necessarily. Again, he was real life. He didn't understand what was going on, but for who he was. 
you know, he showed that people could be in certain situations. He, there is no one more, more deserving. It, it, it's a really, I mean, it's a good story for this guy. Good, good for him. Yeah, that's intriguing. Um, the other thing I saw, this is, this gets almost close to gossip, but I don't know. I like Nick Cage. <laughs> Apparently, Nick Cage, Nicholas Cage, Nicholas is out Cage. there saying like, "I only, I'm only going to make a few more films," and, and he wants to like go out on a high note. So this is already noteworthy. This is more of a film thing, but like Nicholas Cage is saying that he's only going to do really good films. That, <laughs> that's a huge pivot for this man, who, by all accounts, for years has just said yes to every role he's been offered. At least exactly. I think I think that's true. <laughs> I don't know. It's Alex to account for his career. Um, but this is interesting because um, he wants to do TV. Yes. Um, and uh, <laughs> These quotes he, are incredible. <laughs> he, he, he said because of Breaking Bad, basically, <laughs> he wants to do TV. And I'm like really excited that a few years down the line, we're going to get a bunch of Nick Cage TV. Oh, my gosh. I think one of his quotes was, I watched Brian Cranston stare at a suitcase of money for an hour when I watched Breaking Bad and decided I wanted to do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's okay. not enough time in a film. Right. See? So, so, so it's, yeah, that, that's great, too. It's like Nick Cage, he, he wants more time to play. Yeah. You know? So, you know what I want? Actually, now it just occurs to me. New David Lynch TV show starring Nick Cage and Laura Dern. There and they go. just do whatever they want. Or it doesn't make any sense. And I love it. I also like there was some, um, I, I don't know, some, some some backhanded compliments. I don't know what the right phrase is for this. But his comment about, as you said, really want to go out on a high note. That would have been Dream Scenario, his movie that's out right now. But I have two or three other things I have to I have to fulfill. So it's like, eh, <laughs> he, really be this. he knows some of his films are not good. <laughs> Yeah. You know, you know they're not good, right? <laughs> yeah, debt. You know, like uh, Wicker Man. Sure. <laughs> you want it. to go on a high note? That that ship sailed maybe twenty five years ago. It's like going to go to high note, but unfortunately, I signed up for Ghost Rider too. <laughs> so, uh, I have to do a few more films here. Yeah, he did the Left Behind series. That uh, you remember that 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 project? Oh, he he did do that. God, right? Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Nick Cage is fascinating. Um, anyway, let's, let's move forward here. Uh, what have you been watching this week? Oh, a lot of the same uh, same things. Still plugging away on, on Monarch. Good, not great. Um, running about it every, every two weeks. So piece up about episodes three and four right now. Um, recommend people go go read that. It. Uh, I, I'm curious now. We got this interesting trailer for the new Godzilla Kong movie that dropped this this week. So will there be any ties to to that? Um, that's ongoing for the next six weeks. Um, so I have to once again mention Hard Knocks for a particular reason, right? So yeah. third episode airs tonight. The second episode, second episode was looking at the Dolphins game, the Black Friday game against the Jets, but they yeah. won easily. Um, the episode focuses, and you understand why at the end, focuses on this defensive player named Jalen Phillips, who was having just this incredible season. Did you watch this episode? Before yeah, man. Okay. I don't know so, why I didn't see coming that it was going to be like, it, let's this is, focus on Jalen Phillips and bum you right out. I mean, one of the most emotional TV moments of the year, right? When he, he I mean, this is a football game nine days ago. This is not a spoiler, right? He gets hurt. 
He yeah. gets a season-ending injury. He tears his Achilles. And so there, he's mic'd up for the game. All the coaches and the trainers that come around him are mic'd up. And he's just breaking down. I mean, you just don't see this in the games or real time, right, when you're watching on your TV. He's breaking down saying, man, I was doing so great. I was having such a good year. This can't be the end. You know, he's just – I mean, you can see it on his face. You hear it in his voice. It's just it, – it was like, man, this is – this is tough to watch, really yeah, tough to watch. Indeed. But, I mean, just just one of the strong things about that show. No, it's great, but I mean, yeah, they 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 leaned into Hard Knocks, leaned into it, right? Very much so. You know, and if you've seen the game and you know that he got hurt already, um, but it still works, uh, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe some people watch Hard Knocks and don't pay enough attention to the NFL to know that that's where that was going. <laughs> I suppose it's yeah. possible, you know. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I'd seen the game. I, I mean, I knew the news four days before that, but still, it's like, oh, to see his reaction was just, wow, gut punch. Well, and it, you know what? I mean, fair enough, man. It makes sense. Yeah. You know, um, like Trevor Lawrence got hurt during the game last night. Hopefully, what well, we've heard, it's not as bad. Yeah. Um, the high ankle sprain, at least, or whatever. But like, he was pissed off. He was upset. Yes. And it was like, yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. Going back to the beginning of the year, I remember Aaron Rodgers? Like he was, he was kind of upset, but then he was like pretty nonchalant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I don't know. I I kind of I respect the emotionality. Um, yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers like ah, I got my forty million. It's fine. Yeah, like I, he's like you sit down there. I don't need to mock Aaron Rodgers, no. but it's recalled like sitting on the field, and then he just goes, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so he tries to stand back up. He goes, "Nope." Yeah, that's it. So I do wonder yeah. to your point, would it be better if you didn't know what happened in the game? But I'm not going to stop watching the game. So life goes on. Yeah, maybe one some, more. maybe some people didn't, maybe who didn't watch the game. I don't know. Yeah, and one more recommendation, and I want to know what you're um, paying attention to. I know I'm one of nine people left in the world that watches Saturday Night Live still. But I'm a huge fan of Bo and Yang. I don't know if you know much about Bo and Yang. He's been on there three or four seasons now. His impressions of George Santos, now disgraced representative George Santos, are just some of the best things on TV right now. And so he did this whole thing where, you know, he was giving a a musical final farewell press conference of the cold open last week. And it was just amazing. So I'll, I'll, I'll miss uh, Bo and Yang as George Santos if that's the end of it. Well, who knows? I did watch this. I watched just this. Just this. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live regularly for for a yeah. long time, um, or you know, uh, anyway. But I did watch this. This was pretty entertaining. But I'm pretty entertained by George Santos in real life. <laughs> yeah, that's and true. who knows? Who knows, man? Because after he got kicked out, he said something like, "The future's wide open. I'm going to do whatever I want." And then he showed up on Cameo. You know Cameo is? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So you could potentially hire George Santos for something. Oh, God. You know, to record your voicemail. Oh, this um, came today, too. Did you see this? HBO is optioned a book about George Santos' George Santos's life. There's going oh, to be yeah. a movie on HBO about his life. Oh, yeah. You got to got to do it. Got to <laughs> do it. That. So I don't know. I'm like, I watched the Saturday Night Live cold open. I was yeah. entertained. 
but uh, it's hard for me to say I was more entertained than I am by the real life the real, person yeah, that, of George Santos. Because you just so, I mean, like, I know I should take it seriously, and it's a threat <laughs> to democracy, and right. blah, blah, blah. But the, the fact that the guy just, like, cannot seem to tell the truth <laughs> ever, it just, just, just totally overboard of lying about everything even when there's no apparent motivation exactly um just oh, wow the 21st century american <laughs> political life all right how about you what you what you got on this week uh well i mentioned the murder at the end of the world there's a couple more weeks of that yes um checking on that after after i'm done with it uh i mean i think it's been good yeah, uh, and I'm withholding judgment as to whether I'll ultimately say it was great. I'd like to. I just watched the first episode. Uh, I'm going to finish it. So, yeah, I'd like to, to sort of see your thoughts when it's all over. I felt, without spoilers, like I felt that episode four was a little bit not great. Uh, and then I thought episode five, which came out today, was better. Okay. Um, then there's two more, and we'll we'll see how it ends. Um the curse still up on that. I read an interview uh, yesterday with Nathan Fielder and Benny Safdie that was pretty good. Oh, where was it? Uh, well, I want to say IndieWire. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was nothing like super noteworthy in there. They were just talking about um, how their friendship developed, and then that developed in the show. That was kind of interesting, I interesting. guess. Okay. Um, Celebrity Jeopardy, I mentioned last week. I was confused yeah. about the schedule. They've just been doing one a week for like two months. <laughs> That's it. You know, and here I was thinking it started so long ago that like, I'm, I don't know, and I'm watching it on Hulu. They've yeah. just been doing one a week. And so they're only now finally getting to the last quarterfinal round um, this week. I think it airs tomorrow. Okay. So I can catch up on this over a course of a couple of days. Yeah, I did. Okay, it, good. It was kind of fun. It's binge Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. This has been. I enjoy it. You know, <laughs> uh, I will say, it, I don't know for sure, but I feel like the celebrity Je- Jeopardy questions aren't as easy as I recall them being when we were younger. I was gonna say I used to watch Celebrity Jeopardy 10, 15 years ago, and I was like, oh, I could, I could do these. <laughs> I, I remember them being really, really easy, and they're yeah. not. It just feels like normal. But the, okay, okay. But the uh, um, contestants are celebrities. Uh, I think maybe I've gotten stupider. Puzzle, <laughs> <Yeah>. puzzle. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so that, and the other thing that I've got going is the Doctor Who special. So the second one aired um, this weekend, or was released on Disney Plus. Yes, and uh, I guess there's one more of those, and. Uh, I also the, the title of it intrigued me. Wild Blue Yonder. I saw that. I said, "Oh, that sounds interesting. Maybe I'll give it a shot someday." For some reason, the TARDIS is playing Wild Blue Yonder. I don't know, and they have a conversation about that. Um, I mean, look, Ryan, I I would recommend these specials, but to you personally, who I know, I know you have not watched Doctor Who. Right? One episode. We did that one episode. Uh, Peter Capaldi haven't said. Yes. To to properly enjoy these specials, you have to watch the original yeah. run of episodes with David Tennant and Donna, um, played by Catherine Tate. Like you, you need to have that background. 
Okay. Um, because the the point of these specials is to just like <laughs> get you in the feels uh, yeah. about that background. I mean, it might be interesting if you watched it without having that background, <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if you did and said, oh, "This is not that it's great. So it's so okay." Yeah. <laughs> no, that that fair fair recommendation. I'll, I'll I will do that. And Doctor Who is woke. Oh. Oh yeah, I did see a yeah. I pulled yeah. up YouTube and it was every every other video was Doctor Who has gone woke and I was like, oh, what did he what did he do now? Don't don't say anything about it. But I just it's like oh, I can only imagine I, what Doctor Who has done now. My response is always it has always been woke. Like <laughs> what do you and this is uh, you know Russell T Davies? Are you familiar with Russell T Davies? Yes, yes. Okay, this he, he he's he's making the show again. Okay, of course, you know there's a gay agenda. Get on board. You know, it's fine. Um, uh, so woke. So woke. Okay. I'm all for it, to be clear. Anyway, <laughs> and if you like, what are you doing? Of course not. It's Doctor Who. All right. That's all for me. I don't know if that's what's, that's what's on, on your list. We can jump into Fargo if you're ready. Yeah, I think uh, we're about ready for that. So, again, uh, we're going to dig in on... Fargo, Season 5, Episode 4. The title is Insolubilia, which Ryan looked up, so we'll talk about it a little bit. And uh, spoilers on the table um, for anything that happened in this episode or previous episodes of this season. And yeah, we'll take about uh, 10 seconds, plug in some music here, and we'll pick up on the other side talking about Fargo. Okay, welcome back. Let's get into some Fargo talk, season five, episode four, Insolubilia. Uh, we pick back up on Halloween night, where Gator and his crew of masked, masked colleagues invade Dot and Wayne's home, but Dot has booby-trapped the house, so her, she and her family are able to escape, barely, uh, but Wayne is severely injured after electrocuting himself and falling off or being pushed off the roof of their house. Um, their house uh, ends up burning down. A lot of Gators men are injured, and so they flee before they are captured. Uh, meanwhile, the two officers that have been trying to piece together the night that Dot was kidnapped have confirmed, based on on convenience store video, that Dot was the person that was there. She was the one that helped uh, that helped uh, Officer Far out that night, and so they're trying to figure out why she did this and why she was getting away, but. Wayne's mom, Lorraine, and their lawyer, Danish, are shutting them down, not letting them get uh, get access to to Dot. Meanwhile, in the Tillman uh, Tillman compound, uh, we left off in the last episode with Munch uh, approaching the house while Roy Tillman was away. He didn't do anything to anyone in the house, but instead left this mysterious, ominous symbol in the girls' room as they were as they were sleeping. Uh, perhaps as a way to try and retaliate or draw out Munch, Roy Tillman goes back over to Joshua's house, who we met in episode two, and just cold-blooded shoots him because he's a wife abuser and also because he needs an excuse to try to blame something on Munch. So he convinces Gator, he convinces Joshua's wife to tell the story that Munch was the one that broke in and committed this murder, which were left on these cliffhangers of what's going to happen with Dot and her family now that she's been discovered, what's going to happen with as 
you know, Munch and, and Roy are kind of in equal ways searching each other out. And so we we head into episode five. We have these sort of these these storylines that are not competing, but certainly happening where um, they are about to overlap soon. So in terms of these two sort of big ideas in the in the episode, um, anyone sort of pique your interest more to how do you feel about this episode? Um, what do you make of the whole the whole munch situation with what's going on going on there? Yeah, maybe I want to start at the end and go backwards. Yep. Um, the scene with uh, Joshua, um, I mean, I, I thought it was kind of a great scene. It was. Um, I think he said he you know kills him in cold blood or whatever. It was sort of, but the guy has <laughs> pulled a gun on him. But Roy Certainly does kind of provoke him, yeah, and into pulling a gun on him. Yeah, I got a little bit of a Raylan Gibbons vibe, honestly, which uh, I don't know. I don't want to go too far with that because I think Raylan Givens is a good man and Roy Tillman is not. Yeah. Um, but it did feel a little bit like uh, getting the guy to pull his gun on him so that he could kill him. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's also, again, not intending to go too far in, in defending Roy, but, you know, the guy was beating his wife. He had it coming. Yeah. I mean, this this was foreshadowed in the second episode. Yeah, we met them that that some Roy would do something to him if he continued. Yeah, in the second in the second episode, Roy gives him this whole speech about the natural order of things and says a whole bunch of stuff I don't agree with. But <laughs> like when it comes down to it, he gave the guy a warning. He goes back and checks in. The guy's still been abusing his wife. You know, he sighs. He's I tried, and um, you know. I guess the question is, would he have gone there and done that if Munch was not hunting, antagonizing his family? Yeah, I think that is a question. And and then tying it into, you know, his ultimate plan to say that Joshua was the guy doing stuff, that, that Joshua was Munch. And, you know, I don't know if it goes exactly that way. Um, but to, you know, it's really interesting how we're getting this story in large part because various figures want to keep things out of the purview of the official authorities, right? So much is still out there. He's threatening his family, but I want to take care of that myself and engage even in this plan to get the official authorities to think that's all resolved and there's no one to look for because you found him. It's this dead guy here. Um, so yeah, I mean, I suppose that is a question. It it certainly is one of what you're saying. It's certainly one of the layers of context and theme of this season, which is both the Tillman, Roy Tillman, his family, Lorraine Lyon, her family, either distrust or have no use for authority and law and police. And we'll handle the things ourselves and we will, uh, find the solutions we want. We'll get to the bottom of it, how we want to to do it. And we don't need to rely on what would ultimately be any sort of authority or, or, or rule of law. We, uh, we're, we're powerful people. So if we can solve this ourselves. Yeah. Let's follow that thread yeah. because there's a little bit of a contrast. Maybe but one of the things I, I found myself thinking about um, Lorraine and Danish and that whole scene in the hospital mm-hmm. Um, 
I know there's a couple of things we want to talk about here, but one of the things that's, that's striking to me is that they don't actually know what's going on. They have no idea. <laughs> and they, but they don't want the cops involved anyway. You know, they're like, well, we're going to take care of this ourselves. What? I don't know, but you don't need to help us. Well, whatever we'll, it is, we'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out, you know, and like that Dot doesn't want to. Clearly, she's lying. The cops know she's lying. Lorraine and Danish know she's lying. But yeah. even though they don't know the truth either, they're, they're you know, um, this little tango of kind of like uh, protecting her from the cops, or is it even protecting her from the cops? Because it's not like the cops really want to arrest her. Yeah. You yeah. know, the, the, the cops want her to help arrest or, or find munch or whatever, right? I mean, you know, so it's like this whole it's this sort of thing. Like this. You know the the episode of Breaking Bad where they bring in, uh, I think it's Hector Salamanca. They bring him in, and they're asking him to rat out Jesse. And you know they're like, just tell us he was there. Just tell us he's the guy who did, you know, did this to your to your nephew, and he refuses to do it. So it's sort of like this honor among thieves thing where no matter what it is, what's going on, they're not going to trust, give any credence to give any support to what the police want and so you know sure you might think lorraine would want to just throw her daughter-in-law under the bus get her in prison but she wants nothing to do with that side of it she wants to handle this herself yeah right no that's an interesting connection because we're we're now comparing lorraine with like hector salamanca (laughs) and i like it because she's just a legit crime boss you know she's Um, a white collar criminal We, we can talk about her business and the connections we learned about in this in this episode. Yeah, she gives a speech about the debt She's collection and um has that as a line about Americans don't want handouts or, or whatever yeah. that's in there. Um and she's spreading this apparently like super predatory debt collection agency. Yeah. Um yeah. so so yeah and they want they want to keep the authorities out of it. And then you've got Roy Tillman Similarly, although, but he, you know, he, but he is the sheriff. But we have to think about that. How, again, he views himself as the embodiment of the law as the sheriff, and yeah. so the idea that he's beholden to any rules external to that, mm-hmm. I think he rejects. Right? And, he, and he rejects any sort of. Um, structured law, structured, uh, I, I guess, organization or leadership on top of him, you know, whether it's constitution or the laws of his state or FBI or anything trying to be on top of him, he rejects all of that because he considers himself sort of the top level of the law. Right. So we have our FBI agents making other appearance here and they're trying to, you know, get authorization to go after Roy and they're denied um told you know what are you going to do after you take him out if yeah. you can answer that question go away or whatever <laughs> yeah. but then they get an alert and they're going to go after him anyway yeah I love the analogy the the it's China in the 1960s analogy that they use sort of what would happen if you got rid of Roy Tillman yeah it's <laughs> just uh, but there's a, a, I think also that there's a through line of like those who are 
just wanting to stick to the law and the rules are totally toothless. This is one of the things that I think is kind of interesting about what Fargo is doing here. It's the FBI agents who seem clueless. Yes. You know, and uh, the reality of things, which we'll we'll talk about the quote, (laughs) but the reality of things is this like complex mess of people acting in bad faith. Yes. Right. And, and, and those who want to presume uh, good faith, if it makes sense to put it that way, they're just like powerless and, and flailing. And then I think that goes for our um, cops as well, for old yeah. Sven Clark. A- absolutely, com- completely right. Anyone who's trying to do the quote unquote right thing, the lawful thing, the the appropriate thing under the construct of whatever you know, w- whatever law they fall under is just completely failing, completely unable to do it because of forces on both sides. Those they're trying to to get towards pushing back, those on top of them, as in the case with the FBI agents saying, you don't understand what you're asking for if you were to try to get rid of Roy Tillman. I want you to consider this a hobby, not your job. So basically forget about it. Um, so anybody trying to do the right thing, as you might expect in a Fargo show, is going to be completely minimized. Right, and they don't understand. Like in yeah. in particular, she doesn't understand why Dorothy is lying. Um, I don't know if Lorraine understands why Dorothy is lying. Um, I do think I understand why Lorraine has the position that she does, because she wants to keep control of it, also at the level of public relations, and if it gets caught up in the you know, the cops and the courts and all of that, you lose control of yeah. what the story is from that kind of optics angle. Um, do we understand why Dot's lying? I think that it's just a way to, and, and I mean, this cat's out of the bag now, so maybe it doesn't matter, but it was a way to just completely avoid any sort of public appearance or spotlight to try to stay hidden from Roy. Which okay, <laughs> but it's already now, yeah. But but it's like she'd already failed before she began. Yeah, well, and that leads to my lead to one of my questions, which is, wh- who is she? What was she? Right? It, it, how did she develop these sort of skills and these things that she's able to do to evade capture, set up these things in her home? Or is she like trained under Roy's militia and and just sort of was this exceptional? sort of talent in that but if it decided to escape from it i, I just i re- really want more of her backstory as we get down the road of uh, the two of them at some point intersecting yeah same i mean I, I, you've got to get something i would guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh i don't know I, I don't have a i don't have a speculation for you uh, this was to... the only only episode where i i was a little bothered by her character only because maybe it's just because the police were present, but she had this confrontation with Lorraine in episode three, where basically said, leave me alone or there's going to be consequences. And then hospital, she's just completely subservient to her and just, you know, but basically counting down to her again. I think it's probably for the sake of the police being there, but she seemed to less have less resolve, less um, confidence of what she could do in that, in that situation. Yeah. But her big, thing remains that she wants the cops to go away yeah and you know it's odd if we 
maybe these questions are connected. Um, what is her past? What does that mm -hmm. look like? Um, what happened when she left Roy? How did that go down? Um, I was speculating previously that she faked her own death or something mm -hmm. like that. I still kind of think that. Um, maybe she also did some murders or something, yeah. you know, like it, it, it's possible that she's, if, if she really gets fully into the system, they're going to figure out who she really is, who she really was and find out things about the, her past. Maybe that's the big thing that she's working to avoid here because Roy knows where she is at this point, and she knows that Roy knows where she is. So we the also idea that she's trying to hide from Roy doesn't land so much. Maybe, maybe she's trying to hide her past. And maybe we we also learned this episode that Roy has a second missing wife whose whereabouts are unknown. Maybe Dot had something to do with that, or you know, somehow, some way. They, uh, yeah, there, there's some things back there that she doesn't want uncovered. The thing, like I said, the thing of Roy and Gator finding her, that's done. They know where she is or can find her now, what she has done and what she's trying to avoid. It's almost like if that's not the case, if there's not this, this sort of horrific things in her background, it's almost like she was trying to escape Roy, who is the authority, who literally is the police. So she's not wanting anything to do with the police who she may consider I don't know, not in the pocket, but sort of on the level of I don't trust any of these people anymore because of who I was with before and what he was what he did. Again, we need to know was she sort of not just literally in bed with Roy, but sort of doing things along the line of what he's doing or did, or was she sort of just this bystander who was able to escape and, and, and get out of that circumstance? Yeah. And like, I don't know, is she afraid that he'll win? You know, that if it goes through, it's weird because Roy doesn't want the authorities involved either. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dot's persisting. She's gaslighting her child now. Yes. And certainly Wayne, there's a alluded to uh, the open of the pod, he electrocutes himself. Um, yeah, she's trying to tell him not to do that. You know, listen to your <laughs> wife. Listen to your wife. Remember yeah. the, the the wiring that you noticed before. She was telling him to go somewhere else. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's also, this is the thing. I don't know exactly where Wayne's mental state is. From what we see, maybe kind of in trouble um, mentally yes. at, at the end of the episode. But she's trying to get her husband and daughter on board with the story that that did not happen yeah right mm -hmm. that, 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 that there weren't these men who broke into our house and like <laughs> that didn't happen it was just some faulty wiring yeah yeah i wasn't kidnapped people didn't break in i wasn't missing uh yeah it's just it, it i have a feeling these threads are all going to tie together somehow with a background or somehow with a a revelation and, and I, I this is going to be satisfying once it does there's just so many unanswered questions as to why right now yeah and i i, I feel like it's got to tie into something about her past that she's still trying to hide um 
But now the FBI, I don't know, man. Because if you feel like they would know, like it could come out there already if there was something about Nadine. Yeah. So they seem like we'll... their focus sort of lasered in on Roy and sort of tangentially this militia, but, you know, the sort of other characters in his life. I'm not sure how much they're focused in on, on that. Although it's just sort of they're using dot as a means to how do we how do we get roy is seen that's what they cared about yeah yeah we'll see how these things you know come together yeah. i will say going back to you asked like you know how, what i thought about the episode i mean it was pretty good yeah i was a little bit let down because i felt like the build-up in the previous <laughs> episode was so big yeah i i i i wanted chaos to erupt yes. in a way that was um uh not quite there i, I so, thought the first 15 minutes I, I sort of clocked it it was exactly 15 minutes the sort of opening montage and then going through the house and escaping and the house burning and then moving on to the next the next scene i thought that was that was really interesting but then you know all we get is munch in the bathtub we get some talking at the hospital you know we get the joshua scene which was good which was unexpected um but yeah there was at uh, there and there will be more there just wasn't in, in in this particular episode yeah the tone something about the tone of that opening scene which mm-hmm. is good for what it was but it was totally not it was kind of anticlimactic yeah they built it up at the end of the previous episode like oh it's about to go down now yes. and then this felt really separate in terms of it didn't continue that tension it, it the 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 way that that was framed and shot was relatively slow um there was a little bit of absurdity to it it was good you know yeah, yeah. and you're wondering you know, where uh where are wayne and scotty you know um yes. so it was good i'm not saying it wasn't good um i just part of me had been geared up for, uh, by the previous episode for <laughs> like like the scene in the gas station. Yeah. That's like wild, chaotic, dark, brutal violence, you know? And I kind of thought we were going to get something like that. I and mean, that wasn't what we got. And, and I will say that I think the opening shot of this episode is the four guys in masks sort of walking in the haze toward the house. And, and I sort of, I was getting amped up. I mean, right there in the first few seconds, like it's coming. And then it sort of got there. And yeah, then just sort of a little bit of a, um, you know, run, run downhill after that. I guess I was imagining, you know, we, we've, we've invoked Home Alone a couple of times, I think fairly. Um, I guess I was sort of imagining that they go into the house and just like all of a sudden start getting hit by the sledgehammer and <laughs> all of this. And I was imagining Wayne just like sitting there, like he didn't know what was going on either, freaking out while they get attacked by booby traps you know and and the whole thing was calmer than that she managed to get her family to hide and you know um gator um finds the booby trap on the sliding door you know uh and it just wasn't as um yeah yeah could have been been more but i'm sure that's not the end macaulay culkin on celebrity jeopardy by the way so we mentioned Home Alone. Oh, okay. Oh, he's on. Okay, Macaulay Culkin's yeah. on one of those episodes of Celebrity Jeopardy. Hollywood Walk of Fame this week. Big, big week for Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, indeed. 
I won't tell you whether he won. Okay. You probably have to watch the episode. Um, <laughs> what else we got? You wanted to say something about the uh, uh, the line about we have our own reality? Yeah, it just, it, it you know, we, we keep trying to think, well, what's the this sort of overall theme of the show this year? What's the overall uh, sort of message that they're trying to, to, to say here? I think that this line was in the trailer, right? So they clearly care a lot about delivering this one and uh wit's sort of response that you know that's just not a thing and again we're thinking about the what just what the climate of this country would have been like in 2019 and how reality was it's sort of you can make your own doesn't matter what you everybody else thinks you just think what you want feel what you want um your facts are your facts we have alternative facts yeah alternative facts yeah alternative facts that's what it was yeah that 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 sound bite that's uh saying this without without saying that basically so yeah just as we pick up on these little sound bites i think this is one that's going to keep keep uh keep popping up and 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 and, yeah I, i mean again not to go down the political pipe but uh Lorraine just seems to be a certain type of person and cares about a certain type of thing and she's going to create her own uh, alternative facts whenever it suits her. Yeah, but see, here's this is what's disturbing, you know, is, yeah, we can remember uh, it was Kellyanne Conway, I think, who said, yes. we have alt- alternative facts, you know, and the initial reaction was like, everyone's making fun of that, everyone's making fun of her, you know, at least this is what I recall. Yep. But at the end of the day, I think it's more the people who say like we have our own reality, <laughs> who, who who kind of win it, 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 because their their only concern is for the power dynamic, yeah. And they're not going to let some pesky thing like reality or facts yeah. get in the way of that. So I, George Santos, we were talking about George Santos, you know, the early part of the pod, um, and uh, I have no idea what to do about that in real life but i'm curious to see what fargo is going to do with it uh as an element of the story yeah what's the commentary on that and what are the consequences for the people who feel that way particularly for lorraine and for roy in this in this series i don't think it will be neatly tied up and we'll get uh, a resolution that we're happy with uh, that's not yeah. the way that the show usually works but uh do they but... get come up i don't know but we have our contrasting figure in Munch. Yes, very much. Right. So. And his speech about um, you know, they, they think freedom is free, but there's always a cost, and the cost yeah. is death or whatever. Yeah. And there's a real earthiness to Munch, you know, with mud and blood. And <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I think he is the if we're thinking about this symbolically. He's yes. kind of the symbol of how you can't fully ignore the the reality of yeah. mud and blood and mess. Yeah, the, the reality is always going to be coming for you. Uh, it's coming for you when you may not expect it. It's coming for you in ways that you don't expect it. Um, I, I, I'm put a little bit of it in here, but I, I put in every iteration of his speech into Google that I could find and couldn't find an exact match as to what he was saying whether that came from somewhere but the closest thing that came to sort of uh symbolically with the idea of the rusty knife and the idea of freedom is not free they've got something coming uh they don't understand what the uh what it's going to mean when the king has to get his 
uh, you know, it's, it's sort of what's coming to him was the story of the Prince and the Pauper from Mark Twain, where there's this pauper, this hermit, who's just bitter towards the life that the prince and the king have. And he finds this knife and he's just carving it one day, just thinking about what it means to, you know, to sort of have his revenge and to have that life and to be able to. And so they just don't understand he being the prince and the king. They don't understand what it means to have um, freedom while we're down here suffering and begging and yeah, there's sort of this this reality that he represents the opposite of what these characters like Lorraine and Roy are supposed to be. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I don't know if it's a direct connection. It's an interesting connection, regardless. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he was quoting. Yeah, it doesn't seem like an exact quote. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's right. I don't know. I think we just kind of gotten at uh, the stakes of the story in a meaningful way now now i'm finding myself wondering like did i just decide i think munch is the hero is that what just <laughs> happened here <laughs> is he the moral center of this, of this show? <laughs> yeah like am i am i old munch's side is that what just happened here um i don't know we'll see how it goes i mean the obvious one to be on the side of would be um indira olmsted and, and deputy far is he deputy yes. or State trooper, whatever. Yeah, but you know they're they are cops. They, are, they might they be good cops. cops. But they're still cops. But they make a point of of pointing out how flawed both of them are as well, right? It's Lorraine's company that's hounding Officer Olmstead for, for her debts. You know, it's it's Officer Witt who, um, you know, couldn't do his job in the line of duty and had to be saved by by dot right everybody's flawed in some way it's just sort of which flaws do you most closely associate with yeah there's old much <laughs> like, what does sin eating have to do with this i did decide <laughs> looking into this after last week we got to get more of that too yeah we, we, we need more of a through line with the sin eating but i, I think you're absolutely right you mentioned last week's pod uh talking about sin eaters and i think you know that is what we we're seeing and they're drawing some connection with uh with old Munch. And, you know, we can think about that in relation to this, too. Like, the sin eater is supposed to take on the sins of the deceased. And one can only presume that um, there's a class dynamic to that. And the, the sin eater is an impoverished oh, absolutely. serf or peasant who is desperate yeah. for um, what he's going to get. By exactly. performing the service, maybe even the food itself that he's eating during that ceremony, um, and so that's a structure of uh, exploitation. Yeah, um, and maybe that's part of it, right? And munches. There definitely is a, a, a sense of the powerful and the powerless in this this season, um, and that representation of the sin eating that we saw in episode three clearly was that yeah you weren't going to get the nobles and the and the rich people to come in and perform that that ceremony and take on the sin of those that had died it was those that had nothing and were willing to if they believed in it take on that even for just a meal yeah and then something of a parallel we think about munch as a hired kidnapper mm -hmm. hired hitman potentially i don't know i mean kind of imagine old munch would kill someone for you yeah uh, if you paid him you know that, and and that is also kind of a structure of externalizing sin in a certain way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So it's it's Munch is a fantastic character, and it, I think that that might be the most interesting part of this is how he is going to factor into the finality of this series, and what will he do, and what will he not do. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir.
Okay, oh, we didn't talk about the title. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Insolubilia. Go go look it up. It is a <laughs> an ancient um, way of studying what's known as the liar's paradox, which is basically. Yeah. So this would be like telling a lie. Yeah, this would be like if I if I tell you that I'm lying right now, um, or if I tell you that everything that I say is a lie, is it a lie when I tell you that I'm lying, or what? And uh, yeah, so they're um, invoking that, I guess, to some degree here, which is sort of interesting in terms of um, you know structures we were talking about of uh, we have our own reality and I think it ties into uh, a, a way of thinking about how well the tr well the truth isn't the relevant thing mm -hmm. the truth doesn't get you out of the liar's paradox that is true because saying the truth as a liar or telling someone you're telling the truth as a liar either proves that you're a liar or proves that you're not not a you know it's just a, cir a circular logic you can't ever escape from yeah exactly it's like insoluble it's it, it's in, it's un, unsolvable if you right. want to say and, and and yeah i guess they use this term uh particularly to refer to that in the middle ages so interesting connection uh we'll try to talk about the titles i don't know what the title of episode five is yet but we'll be back next week talking about episode five whatever its title is Okay. And uh, I hope you all join us. As uh, always, thanks for listening. Please leave us a good review wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, check out the website at tvobsessive.com. You can also find there some written work on Fargo, including weekly recaps of season five written by Felicia Nickens. And um, yeah, some other stuff on the site in general. Some other stuff about Fargo. There's a there's a kind of cool article uh, about music in Fargo. Uh, Amy Bauer wrote uh, a year or so ago. Anyway, check out the site tvobsessive.com. Follow us on social media, and uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah, see you next week for episode five. All right.